Hey, welcome to the podcast. Doing something a little different today. Hey guys, so today we are sharing an interview with Kevin and Sam Sorbo. You might know Kevin from God is Not Dead. He was the professor in that great movie and he's done 50 movies, so... Yeah, I think Hercules was the one he was most known for. And where they met, married 25 years. Yeah, so we're excited to be interviewing with them and sharing their resources with you. Sam is actually a home education advocate. They have raised their kiddos and (laughs) they are, I was just really encouraged by how like-minded they seem to be. Absolutely. What a fun interview and hearing insights Mm -hmm. and also the dynamics of how he's had his career Mm -hmm. and how they made sure they stayed a strong family Mm -hmm. unit. And in addition to being canceled in Hollywood for being conservative in his Mm -hmm. values and professing his convictions Mm -hmm. and how he made that happen anyway. So Yeah, so it's a really encouraging interview to see other people who are standing up for Christ and for truth, um, standing against the woke culture and not um, just going along to get along, but instead being willing to put their careers on the line. And so they've pivoted. Obviously, they're more independent now, and it's exciting to hear their story. So come join us today. Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And Isaac from Resolute Man, together pursuing the mission to impact 10 million families and their legacies for the kingdom of God. We've been married for 23 years and are seeing the fruit from raising our nine children biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children as too many from Christian families are walking away from their faith by the age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. We're praising the Lord that the ministry continues to expand and impact more legacies. We couldn't do this without you, whether you pray for us, give us five-star reviews, or share on social. Or even if you purchase courses and merch or join the Be Courageous app community, enjoy the coffee or support financially. We're so thankful you are a big part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. If you want access to all the episodes, show notes, and other biblically-based resources, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org. Join us as we start another important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome everybody to the podcast. We're so delighted to have some special guests on the show today, Kevin and Sam Sorbo, and uh, we're going to dive in. They have a fascinating life, so we're going to dive into that, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys definitely have an interesting background. We want to dive into that. A couple of things that I thought were fascinating is, you know, actors and uh, met that way and Christian family, raising them up in the right ways pretty cool it's a little bit unique so we want to dive into this with you guys did you guys were you both believers when you got married or or when you met on yes oh definitely yes in fact that was one of the qualities that we were both looking for well he wasn't looking but i was yes (laughs) that's great he was a confirmed bachelor when i met him <laughs> well, the show uh, Hercules, all the way to God's Not Dead, married all in between, raising your children, homeschooling. These are all things our audience would care deeply about. Uh, interesting movies like God's Not Dead and others. And uh, it's just really a fascinating uh, path. Married 25 years. And, you know, so, so did, you know, one of the things I think would be interesting to start with, and I know you have a new movie out too, and yep. you can talk about that little bit but um what is you know obviously being married doing movies and so forth and then homeschooling i think a question people would have is did sam kind of pull back on her career for a while or how did that happen well so right before we got married kevin almost died 
And he ended up in intensive care. And I was forced to make a choice between my career and a husband and potential family. And so I made that choice. So I stepped away from my career even before I had kids. Uh, And then I went back to my career, or I tried to, when I had uh, three little ones. And my smallest uh, made it very clear that she did not want me working. She wanted me around. (laughs) And once I realized that, I said, oh, okay, so it's another binary choice. You can't can't have it all, Uh, which is part of my message to young women. Don't think that you can have it all because then you'll get nothing. And that's just the way it works. You have to commit to something in order to make it valuable. And so, um, so yeah, I, I committed. In fact, when we got married, we made the commitment to each other that we wouldn't be apart for more than two weeks at any, at any stretch of time. And I think that that has really stood us in good stead because it, we just kept applying that rule. There were plenty of opportunities for him to be gone for longer stretches of time, but I just packed up the kids and went with them or, or joined him where he was and then maybe left before he came home. And, and we really worked on that. Well, I think it's part of our, you know, my world doing a lot of independent movies, such as God's not dead. And, uh, you know, she would just travel with the kids yeah, we and just, they would just, they would be on the set and they loved when I showed a movie called soul surfer yeah. and, they pretty much loved that. They would be done with all the work by noon so they could he's, get down to the beach. And well, that was in Hawaii. So yeah. when I found out he was going to Hawaii and he's like, are you going to come or do you want me to come back somehow? And I'm like, no, no, we'll we'll make the sacrifice. We will go to Hawaii to see you. <laughs> Good choice. That's that's awesome. I mean, and then the homeschooling was kind of an offshoot of that. I mean, I, I, I put the kids in school. We put the kids in school. We found a great little a great little public school uh, and um, Ventura County out of LA yeah, County yeah. Ventura County. It was supposed to be, you know, supposed to be much better. Much than better LA. Yeah. It's better. Still not great. <laughs> better, better crap. Like it's better smelling crap, but it's still crap, you know? And so after second grade, I took the kids out and then, and then we very quickly realized what a, what a huge blessing that was because in Hawaii, my son was supposed to do homework that the school sent with me. And it was all busy work and it was garbage. And that's that's when I started really toying with the idea of, you know, I can make better worksheets than this. This is this is really garbage. It's it's making learning boring and annoying. And that's not what I wanted for my son. I wanted him to be encouraged and yeah. curious and, you know, engaged. And so so that started that really started there. And then just traveling with Kevin really just reinforced all of that. Well, Angie's uh, like mine. I've been homeschooling the whole time, all, yeah. all the kids. And 20 years. Uh, obviously, I help here and there, but she's really doing mm-hmm. the work. And uh, so so that's amazing. I mean, you, you know, mean she's getting to do the work. She's yeah. privileged and you're missing yeah. out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he does step in a lot more now because our yeah. boys are getting older and and they are we're trying to really instill in them more life skills as well, because I saw this in your little workbook that you guys sent me and I loved it because it gets parents thinking about what education really is. And that's one of the things we talk to parents about a lot in the parenting podcast is that you guys need to think out of the box in another 10 to 20 years, like generation alpha, for example, is going to like 65% of their jobs are not jobs that exist today. So to think out of the box, how do you raise, raise your kids to be, um, you know, irreplaceable. They can't be replaced by AI. They can't be, they need to be able to 
be people that are needed within society, but for God's glory, right? Well, and, and so also, yeah, that they, they should be resilient. So they, because yes. you're not going to be able to crack that nut for them. You can't right. imagine no. what thing that they're going to be able to do that's not replaceable. But if you make them resilient, oh, they, yeah. they will become irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. Right on. Resiliency is huge in this economy. Yeah, you can't, we can't see the future, but, you know, really laying a foundation of, we were just talking this morning, actually, mm-hmm. oration, the ability to influence with your words mm-hmm. is yes. such powerful thing yeah. so important i mean even more important than writing unfortunately ai is doing a lot of writing but there will be a demand and i encourage the kids there will always be a demand for what's human in fact i think more so down the road because people are going to be starving for what's real uh, yeah. as ai goes on but mm-hmm. you know what what's a tip you have you know homeschooling is not easy it is a delight and it's it's wonderful thing the fruit is incredible obviously but what's a tip for our listeners just on you know how to overcome the challenges and, mm-hmm. you know, stay the course and be encouraged. Yeah. So this might sound really crass or something, but I, my new phrase is if homeschooling is hard, you're doing it wrong. And the reason I say that is because kids are curious. And mm-hmm. so the idea is simply stoke that curiosity, feed it, uh, try to, try to steer it, but don't try to steer it too much because you'll kill it. And it is a fragile thing. And that's what happens in schools is the curiosity is killed. A child goes into school full of questions, right? Two-year-olds, three-year-olds, why, what, what for, how come, how many, when? And then they get to school and the first thing they're taught is sit down and shut up. You need permission to ask a question. You may not just ask a question. And so my my take on that is do the opposite of that. And then worry about, worry about the, um, I guess, the resiliency or the marketability of your child secondary to the godliness of your child, right? You are raising adults. You're not raising children. The school system raises children Mm -hmm. so that we graduate young people who can't hold down jobs, much less careers, right? And so, so you're raising adults. You raise worthwhile adults. They will have resiliency and they will have, and you can rely that that's God's plan. But- Mm -hmm. We grow up because we all went to school, right? Right. So we all learned that, you know, life is a zero sum game, which it's not. God knows it's not right. He fed 5,000 from two fishes and five loaves of bread. So he, he doesn't work on a zero sum scale, but we do because we think in this economy, there's only a limited amount of anything. And that's not true. And we have proof of that in our nation, America, creating the greatest prosperity for the world over. From the poorest, we were the poorest of the poor. We started out with nothing, and that's what happened. And so if you if you go back to that and God's plan, I think you'll be okay. But if you try to force academics on your child, like the school does, it's a failing proposition, and that's what makes it hard. And people get intimidated thinking about homeschooling. And so um, you're saying that the system that you went to in public schools from kindergarten through 12th grade did not prepare you enough to teach a first grader. What does that say about a public education system to begin with? And and I think one of the blessings certainly of COVID is that people finally woke up and looked how horrible, not only our public schools are, but how tyrannical our school boards are. And they said, the heck with this. Now 2 million more families are now homeschooling. Thank God for that. Yes. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Well, for time, there's several things we want to cover. I think shift gears, something really interesting to me 
is just your increasing boldness that must have happened in your career. You were in Hollywood doing movies and then you were vilified in a way, it sounds like. I'd like to hear the story of, you know, when did you become more bold? Why? And then what happened? And how did you shift to doing movies in a different way? Well, I need to I need to get a T-shirt that says Hollywood loves me. So um, what happened? To I, you? I was, you know, I just spoke the truth and the Hollywood, uh, you know, truth is kryptonite to Hollywood. It's kryptonite to our government. And uh, I look at what's going on now um, in our U.S. government. It's just I shake my head. But if I look, I'd look back at that time and Sam warned me and a couple other actors, high profile actors that are conservative Christian guys. They warned me, say, hey, you better tone it down. I said, tone what down? I, I'm not posting anything weird or hateful. I'm just saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if we got rid of public schools or something like that? Apparently, that was like a horrible thing to say. And Hollywood, eventually, my manager and agent said we can't work with you anymore. So. I'm really, I think, the first victim of cancel culture before it became a term. This is like a dozen years ago. So we formed SorboStudios.com. I said, you know, I don't do movies that made me want to be an actor in the first place. Movies that Hollywood used to do. Movies that had the good guy winning. They didn't celebrate the bad guy. Movies yes. that had hope and love and laughter and faith and redemption. Things that used to be there. Now everything, every movie now is just a $300 million video game, which is, you know, Spider-Man's great. It's entertaining. But half that movie is just visual effects. It's just a cartoon you're watching. And I just said, I want to do movies that have some soul to it and depth to it and characters that people can relate to, or people know or want to be like or want to avoid being like. And, uh, you know, hopefully have lessons in their real life, not just not this constant over this over the top with visual effects. I love it. I think sometimes there's people out there that are fearful a little bit. It's like um, they're not being fully who they are. Who yep. they are in Christ, sharing what they really believe in, because mm -hmm. there's they know there's a quick, you know, challenge to that mm -hmm. and persecution to that. And what's maybe your message to them that are in that spot of well, feeling stifled? And um, yeah, what's your message to that? Fear, fear is government's favorite weapon. We saw it in full display during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and and when around well, it's the whole, the enemy, let's say it's the enemy. It's the enemy. It's favorite the, weapon. the only person who's supposed to fear is God. That's in the Bible. So the reality is. Uh, I think people, uh, the internet's a wild west. There's a lot of evil within the internet. Um, there's a lot of, you know, people are losing the ability to socialize with each other. Um, to me, the, the, the fight is on with not only government, but um, in politics, but with what Hollywood's putting out. There's a culture war that we're fighting. I'm fighting with three, $3 million movies. They're fighting with $300 million movies yeah. at $100 million advertising budget. Um, people say all the time to me, oh, make more movies like God's Not Dead and What If? And I'm going, we're making them. But how do we get them out there unless you support? We have one coming out at the end of this month that people need to see. It's a wonderful true story called Miracle in East Texas. And go to SorboStudios.com. You can sign up for it right now. We only get two days. That's all we could afford through Fathom. We get two days. If we put butts in those seats, we'll get more days. This is a wonderful PG-rated True story. Friendly, it's got comedy. family. It's got comedy. It's got faith. It's got redemption, and it's got hope in it. And uh, we need hope more than anything in our world right now. Well, I think a message I want everybody to hear is: we have to put our dollars to support things yeah. if we want more of something. It's and that was what dollars. Kevin just shared. I think yeah. that is so important with you, with everybody that's trying to lean in and proclaim Christ mm -hmm. and put something good out there—an alternate. Uh, option for people mm -hmm. well how does that keep happening you have to support it you have to go spend money you have to show up and stop people. being afraid stop yeah. being afraid you're going to get canceled anyway okay so you know, just fight you, back you don't might... be afraid we need lions to wake up the sheep are going to be right. the sheep but we need people to wake up and when over 50 percent of christians don't vote i realize we got a voter problem in our country let alone people not voting 
Voter yeah. fraud is real. And I'm I'm amazed that both sides don't get rid of mail-in voting, but that's a different issue we can talk about another day. 100% agree. I'll just say um, it's it's a character issue. And you might you might be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. People fear, right? Um, you you uh, the Bible says fear the Lord, and it says many times do not be afraid. But we do fear. But here's the here's the antidote to that: courage, and yes. character. And when you start standing for truth, it becomes infectious. It's hard. It's a challenge, and it's worth it. And if it weren't a challenge, it wouldn't be worth it. So you actually ought to welcome the opportunity to stand for truth. Mm -hmm. And when you have the opportunity, do it and see other people fall in line behind you. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite favorite poems, very popular poem by Robert Frost is The Road Less Traveled. I know you know it, know of it. I think Jesus was probably the original guy walk on the road less traveled. And I know you are. I know we are. We need to turn the road less traveled into a super highway. We need people not to be afraid and make that thing a 12-lane highway going one way, and that's straight up to Jesus. So we need people to fight and not be afraid. I've got a book that's out right now. It just came out, okay? I'm so glad you shared Brave that. Books. Brave Books. People that's need awesome. to jump on board. This is a great book. This is a book about letting boys be boys. Let boys become men, become strong father figures. It's a wonderful little story about a little lion cub. His sister gets hurt in the woods. He's got only one flower that can cure her before she dies. He knows he has no time to run back home to mom and dad, but everything his father taught him about this one flower that will save her life. He's got to find his courage. He's got to fight the fear. He's got to do the blockades that are already thrown at him, and he's got to do uh, save his little sister's life, and he does it. And I'm getting attacked by the by the you know the alphabet crowd. They don't even read the book. They just disagree with anything and everything I say. This is not anti-anything. This is pro-child. That's what it is. Let kids be kids. Well, we love our friends at Brave Books, and I'm awesome. so glad you did yeah. one on masculinity, and yeah. it's so important. Embrace masculinity. Embrace <laughs> it. It's under attack. It's God-given. It's a good thing, and yep. I agree with you and the things you're saying out there. I saw some of your stories and uh, yeah. news clips on the book, and uh, I just 100%, mm -hmm. you know, I have a Resolute Man podcast, and mm -hmm. it's all about that same yeah. Lane. So everybody go, go to bravebooks, bravebooks.com. Go to bravebooks.com. Get a free copy, autographed copy by me. Join up for one year, at least one year, but you're going to be stay with them longer than that. You get a new book every month. It's great. For you. I, can, I can say we've got probably 20 of those books because awesome. of our brave books and my kids love it. We have yeah. a map with the stickers <laughs> and every yep. time yep. Book, the little boys get out. Can I put no, it's my turn. <laughs> it's just awesome. There's just been so many lessons that are taught where, you know, sometimes in life you don't experience the struggle or the trial, but today so many people are living in a really busy, busy lifestyle to where oh. they don't recognize when the person that's yeah. next door is going through the trial to be able to reach out to them and to walk through that trial to carry that burden with them. So when you have good books or, or even good movies, right? We were talking about that for a while that can help your kids to put themselves in other people's shoes and experience the persecution, the different things. It becomes the opportunity that yeah. you can then have that conversation with them, share stories from mm -hmm. your personal childhood and your life. It just triggers things. These, I mean, I, I look at the Bible and how many times God used narratives of people's lives to teach stories to his people, to give us lessons, learn from their mistakes. Don't follow that example. Do <laughs> follow this example, right? And, and for us to be able to open up our lives transparently and to share with our kids, like that modeling that, that's huge. So your story was interesting to me regarding just 
even standing up in persecution and creating your own studio set, right? Like, do you find that your kids having watched you guys go through that yeah. are following your example? They're rising oh, yeah. up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's some examples of how they're interested and in maybe in the same thing. Are they interested in the same industry? We should be the cabinet for Washington, D.C. My wife and I and my kids. We could solve the problems in America. Trust me. Yeah, the both of the boys are, are <laughs> going into acting and uh, uh, and messaging into the culture. The message, yeah. And they are both. Uh, and and actually, all three of my kids are fervent in the Bible and spreading the word and mm-hmm. um it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's fabulous to see. It's just remarkable to me. Um, so I think, to- I, th- I think yeah. what they did that really surprised me, I, I didn't grow up a Christian. And so I didn't initially think that I was really qualified to teach them Christianity, so to speak, but we just started studying our Bible. And so when I tell people that I say, you should study your Bibles. And if you don't know how to study the Bible, there's a really good book that will show you how to study the Bible. Um, What's it called? It's called the Bible. Okay. Bible. Amen. <laughs> yeah. By doing that, what happened was over time, they realized the Bible is the answer key. It's the cheat sheet to life. It's the guidebook. And it's yes. true. And so now oh. they just love to study the Bible because they feel like they get so much out of it. And that's not even something that I could have taught them because I didn't really get it until they showed it to me. And everything she just said that's great about the Bible is exactly the reason the government took the Bible out of the schools back in the 1960s. (laughs) And so if you have, I mean, we should change the Department of Education. We should change the name to the Department of Schooling because I don't see how you can purport to educate people and ignore the most foundational book known to humanity, regardless of if you're religious or not. The Bible is the basis for our entire culture. It's the basis. So you can't say you're educating somebody and ignoring the basis. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. The Constitution is basically written off what the Bible's rules were. And they don't want people to teach the Constitution or civics anymore in schools because, God forbid, we let kids know it's called we the people, not we the government, but they've taken that away. I mean, we twice. really ought to be careful there. Uh, th- you're yeah. raising such a such an incredibly astute point. And, you know, we're allowing the government to teach our children. And the government's interest is, trust me, the government's, not the kids. Nope. So get your kids out of school and worry I'm, about the rest later. Just pull them yeah. out now. <laughs> I agree. I know there's a question that people want to know is, yes, we can't save our kids. God does that. But they, your children love the Bible and because you can only love the Bible if you're seeking God, if you're interested and therefore at some point down the road have a relationship with God. So what's some tips to parents on how you cultivated and pointed them uh, towards God? Family disciples. Oh my gosh. This is the simplest question. It seems so complicated, but it's very simple. And the Bible answers this question. These are my words. Teach them to your children when you wake and when you lie down to sleep, when you walk by the by and when you are sitting in your homes. Teach my words to your children. It's that simple. Read the Bible with your kids every day. Have your kids read the Bible out loud. You read the Bible out loud. But do funny voices. Act it out. Read the Bible. It is, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's not more complicated than that. I'm going to throw this out there because there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, around the world, certainly in Israel. Sam and I do a trip every year to Israel. We are still hoping and praying we're able to do it in May. 
Um, people go to sorboisraeltrip.com. They can join us. I realize now you're probably looking at we're not, not going to go there now with what's going on. Of course not. Uh, we're hoping by May this is still not going on. But yeah. at least get educated about the trip, walking in the footsteps of Jesus with us. It's called sorboisraeltrip.com. I'm just putting it out there. And obviously, if if it's still going on. It's no, not and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, we've done we've done two tours with our kids. Yeah. And you get so we, much out of take groups of 80 people, just yeah. so you know. But, but okay. the kids come along and you get they get so much out of and and I do, I do. The the, the group does actually seeing the places and actually feeling the history. Uh it's it's really remarkable. The Bible is true. You know, mm-hmm. we we even as Christians, having it's gone to government schools, we have this a little bit of a preset, a little bit of a default of, oh, it's a collection of fairy tales. Maybe mm-hmm. some of it's true, but not all of it's true. So you maybe you need a gut check. Do you really believe the Bible? Because if you really believe the Bible and you read the Bible, you'll see that the Bible never says find a good school for your children. <laughs> it doesn't, no. you know, yeah. and we it's tend not to trust the Bible. Mm-hmm. because we went to school and the school taught us, no, trust us. We are the authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how like-minded we are. We talk about these things, 266 episodes on the courageous parenting podcast. <laughs> it's so wonderful because people need to hear this from more people. And yes, I'm so yes. thankful that you're yeah. expressing these things because there needs to mm-hmm. be a spreading the highway you're talking about of more and more parents mm-hmm. diligently, intentionally raising their children. And I just love Sam, how you're simplifying it because it is that simple. Yeah, right. You're right on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Read the Bible, but it becomes complex. If we ourselves aren't in love with God and reading the Bible, how can you well, possibly? There's the, 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 the solution to that is actually quite simple again. And by the way, get yourself an annotated Bible, like a MacArthur Bible or something like that, because then you can look up answers to little questions that you have about words and stuff as you go. It's mm-hmm. actually exciting reading. It's not bad reading. It's not boring. But yeah. I will say, going to school K through 12, we are taught four basic lessons. Don't ask. This is a barrier to entry. Don't try because failure is bad. Don't think. Just regurgitate what the teacher tells you. And the fourth one is don't read. Teacher read it. Teacher will tell you what's in the book. You take notes in the classroom and then you do your problem set and see if you pass the test, right? And so the don't read has permeated our culture. So now we are Christians who attend church and the pastor has read the the excerpt for us and we don't read the Bibles. And I think, honestly, if revival is going to come in the nation, it's going to come through the home church. Start reading the Bible with your kids, read the Bible with your friends, do Bible studies. Um, That's really, I think, the only way that this is going to happen because Mm -hmm. because the pastors enjoy the people relying on them or whatever. My my son went and visited a church and I said, well, how was it? And he said, you know, mom, it's a good church for people who want to say they're Christian. So we're about out of time and I want to respect your time, but I have to ask. So you mentioned home church. We love home church. Are you do you is that what you guys do for church? Actually, well, we we do church w- with our family and we're often doing it online because yeah. we travel a lot. Yeah. And so it just happens that way. We have yeah. yet to find a church in our area. That's why he was visiting a new church um, yeah. that that really uh, appeals to us. It is it is hard to find strong, solid uh, foundation. Yep. 
And unfortunately, there are more and more woke pastors out there as well. And, they get, and when I do a lot of speaking about it, I say, you know what, you guys, you work for God, you don't work for government. And I get mixed reactions from that. But I don't care. It's like when I tell people, I say, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be here tonight. I've said your wrong, wrong pronouns. Once again, I don't care. <laughs> so. Well, we so appreciate your boldness. You're willing to say what needs to be said and should be said. And so we so appreciate being on the podcast. What are some final words from you about the movie coming up or, you know, what you want to share? Torbo like, what Studios. What's that? I was just going to say, or what you're most excited about right now well i'm excited about the movies that we're doing so sorbostudios.com sorbostudios.com you can check out the movie coming out the end of this month um uh, miracles texas i've got two documentaries coming out uh, later next year uh one i spent three weeks in israel uh i was the real indiana jones we were through archaeological digs we watched Whoa, the, okay. and travel with the flow of the ark of the covenant and the other one is the follow-up to the number one documentary on Amazon two years ago, Before the Wrath. It's about the second coming. I highly recommend it, Before the Wrath. It was number one on Amazon for five months. And the follow-up is about the Last Supper coming out this Easter, and it's called Eating with the Enemy. So, and then I'll just add to that. If you go to sorbostudios.com, sign up for the emails so that we yep. can stay in touch. As you know, uh, Kevin was canceled off of Facebook a couple of years back and off LinkedIn. They Zuckerberg's took a wuss. He hates the truth. <laughs> and so um, really the best way to stay in touch and to keep up on uh, all of the things that we're doing is at sorbostudios.com. If you want any information about the homeschooling, um, yeah. my homeschooling is over there. This yeah. book that uh, that you referred to, it's yeah. actually a series of videos online. It's a 15, uh, 15 video series. Um, and so if you if you go to Sorbo Studios and click on my link, you'll find all of the uh, the homeschool resources that I've created, my podcast. You Everything can, get, you can get our autographed movies. You can get autographed books. You can get all kinds of Christmas things coming up. Here's one that was in theaters for four months. Let There Be Light. Sam wrote it. I directed it. She stars in it with me. Uh, my boys are in it. Lasted four it's months in theaters. Christmas it's a movie. wonderful movie. Came out back in 2019. And it's a wonderful Christmas movie. Oh, awesome. So much good stuff. We so appreciate <laughs> what you're doing. Coming on the Courageous Parent Podcast. And uh, just thank you so yeah. much. Thanks so Thank much you. for having Appreciate us. Appreciate your time. We'll, we'll meet again Easter. We'll talk about uh, uh, eating with the enemy. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Take care. God bless. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. Go to BeCourageousMinistry.org for more biblically-based resources, ways to switch where you spend your money that support the mission, and information about the incredible Be Courageous app community for believers. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video session with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program. We cover everything from tending to their hearts, handling obedience, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private group in the Be Courageous app, live webcasts, and direct access to us. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at BeCourageousMinistry.org. That's BeCourageousMinistry.org.